Huzzah! I'm Spider, and welcome to the Jacks Rangers, a New England Free Jacks podcast. And here is your host, Phil Harris. Yeah! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here again at the Jacks Rangers show up here at the Granite Outpost in beautiful Manchester, New Hampshire. What a win against Rugby United New York, a.k.a. the Dirt Peckers of New Jersey. Our Free Jacks won that game 22-6 to in the pouring rain, awful conditions. It was all hard, baby. Special shout out to everybody that was at the game there that stayed the entire time. The Rangers that were out there braving the elements. Special shout outs. I've got those uh, as soon as we open up the episode here, but man, it feels so good after the heartbreaking loss against Nola Gold to finally get over the line this year and beat New Jersey, the Dirt Packers. We whooped their ass and sent them back to New Jersey where they belong. Let's get right into the episode, guys. So excited. I feel fired up after that loss against Nola. I was feeling down in the dumps, feeling good now. Woo! Let's get right into it. Hit that theme music, baby! How you guys feeling about that win against the Dirt Packers? Send me an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Interact with us on social media on all platforms. We are on, we're actually on Twitch, guys. I don't know if you know this. Uh, might be doing some rugby gaming in the future there. We're on Twitch at jacks underscore rangers on there. On Twitter, jacks rangers, of course. Instagram, also jacks rangers and jacks rangers on Facebook. Comment on our postings on social media. We make quite a few postings throughout the week. We love to make that content for you guys the graphics and all that stuff so you know interact with us on there man we would appreciate it very much wanted to give a couple shout outs expand on, the, on those shout outs here for the game i finally met john Elsnow, new hampshire ranger like myself the black family and marcelo maldonado all of those folks kept company during the lightning delay that took place prior to the game always enjoy talking to those folks and when we got to the stands there as the rain was pouring down i had noticed that uh, ross had upgraded his seat so to speak to the 50 meter line where Caitlin and I sit so it was great actually watching the game with Ross with his flag there I really enjoyed uh, enjoyed that tremendously also shout out to Kenny Thompson he is one of the super fans of the Free Jack he goes to some of the, the away games as well you've seen him on TV I'm sure with his tricorn hat that you can buy on Amazon I actually just purchased one myself so I'm excited to wear that in future games he had talked about the possibility of doing a kilt game where we would all wear kilts so we're going to do that for the last game of the season here coming up on July the 18th against Atlanta at the Veterans Memorial Stadium in Quincy, Massachusetts. So that'll be the first game there. I also mentioned to him that we should do some uh, blue face paint uh, a la Braveheart. He he agreed to that reluctantly, I think, but I'm going to have some face, face paint and I bought a kilt. They're very reasonably priced on Amazon, guys. If you don't want to break the bank, you can buy a kilt for like 20, 30 bucks on Amazon. I would do it quickly though, because the one that I'm using is not prime shipping. If you're If you plan on wearing a kilt, that would be cool. We're going to get to try to get as many as people as possible to wear the tartan kilts the scottish kilts it's kind of like an unofficial appreciation for dougie fife so that'll be a lot of fun there well done to all of the rangers that stayed the entire game and braved the elements you definitely uplifted the free jacks to that win we were loud as hell i think in that scenario where you're just soaked to the bone with the rain and you're exposed to the elements you're just like f it man we're just gonna we're gonna yell as loud as we can to make sure that the team hears us and knows that we are here 
enduring the elements with them there. And I think it helped out tremendously. I will say that I feel like, and I think Kenny mentioned this in the supporters group on Facebook, it feels like we kind of galvanized the fan base with that rain game. So if you're there, you know, let me know if you feel the same way. It kind of felt like a, a community building exercise with the fan base during the rain game there. We felt closer together. We were enduring the awful conditions there. <laughs> on this week's episode, a little bit of change. Dave, Outrider Dave, Diamond Dave, Big Brain Dave, whatever you want to call him, he is on vacation. We've got a substitute stepping in. We've got former interview guest here, one of my favorites on the show, Ted Black. He is the president and coach of the Cape Cod Rugby Football Club, and he will be joining me for the Outriders segment to break down our win against the New Jersey Dirt Peckers and preview our game against Toronto this week at Atlanta. So that's Atlanta, Ontario, Canada. If you guys are keeping up, just kidding. That is a hat tip to our buddies at the Rugby Wrap-Up. And speaking of the Rugby Wrap-Up, we have a very special guest, a Toronto Arrow super fan, maybe the only one out there. I mean, who knows? I guess I could be forgetting someone, but the biggest uh, Toronto Aeros fan that I'm aware of is Brian Ray of America's Rugby News and also of the Rugby Wrap-Up, which is one of my favorite rugby shows. I'm excited as hell to have Brian Ray on. What a guy for coming on to the Jacks Rangers show, and we'll be talking to him a little bit later on. But let me get right now into the Outriders segment here with not Dave, not Diamond Dave, not Big Brain Dave, not Outrider Dave, but we got Ted Black right now here on the Outriders segment of the Jacks Rangers show. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. This is the Outriders segment. Dave is on vacation, so we got the next best guy that we possibly could to, to fill his uh, seat here. We've got Ted Black. How you doing, Ted? I'm doing well, Phil. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Not too bad, my friend. Uh, let's jump right into it. we got free Jacks news. The announcement is... The first regiment has been formed. A supporters group of the Free Jacks created by Superfan Doc now has a social media presence. Uh, the first regiment on Twitter, Instagram. There's also a Facebook group now. Contributor of the show, Joshua, Natalie Joshua, will be helping with the social media accounts. So go give them a follow. We would appreciate it. So this is pretty exciting. We're going to have an official um, supporters group that people can oh, join and be a part of. That's outstanding. I think anything that we can do to get more of the Free Jacks message out there to everybody and to get more of the core supporters involved, mm -hmm. getting more of the, hey, what's this whole thing all about? Yep. Come find out. Come jump in. Look at yep. all the social. The social media presence is going to be huge. Yeah. So we keep, we keep bumping that out there. Our numbers are just more and more people. We will have zero issue filling yeah. the new stadium. Exactly. It's all positive, guys. Uh, one of the um, super fans, Kenny Thompson, thought up a tartan game where we can get as many as peaceful people as possible to wear kilts to a game. I threw in the whole blue face paint idea from the movie Braveheart. Um, <laughs> so this is an unofficial Dougie Fife appreciation event. This is happening on July the 18th, which is the last home game against Atlanta. That's going to be at the new, uh, the new stadium for us, Veterans Memorial Stadium in Quincy. So if you guys want to participate, it'd be cool. We're trying to get as many people as possible in kilts and blue face paint. Uh, just something fun, you know, something silly for the fans that I have a lot of fun with. Um, so, yeah, uh, we've posted in all of the groups where you can buy a cheap kilt and get face paint. I'll bring some face paint as well, some extra that I'll have. Um, so if you guys want to participate, you know, that'd be awesome. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Again, awesome idea. I mean, it, it, it's, it's only going to be the kind of thing that 
gets people to notice because I honestly, my only trips to Quincy usually involve my son playing hockey. So I've never actually been to the stadium, but I can only imagine that people that are around the stadium that have no idea what the heck we're doing are going to be really impressed when a whole bunch of us show up in kilts with blue face paint <laughs> cheering on this new team that's getting ready to occupy their stadium for the foreseeable future. It's, it's going to attract some attention, and that's nothing but positive there. So, Ted, I, I, if I recall correctly, you're of Irish heritage. The Irish wear kilts as well, right? Is that true? Indeed we do. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, so, yeah, my heritage, just to run through that real quick, I do have a little bit of Irish and uh, Scottish, but mostly I'm English and German. So this would be my first time wearing a kilt ever. That's pretty exciting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I wanted to mention that Chef and Walker were named to the MLR Geico 15. Congratulations to both of them. And, you know, right before we broadcast, I found out that Walker was also named player for the league this week, uh, this, due to the past performance that he had against New York. So extremely impressive. Man, he's really taken that 10 shirt and owned it. You know, I don't think uh, anybody else has taken that from him. He's done a fantastic job. No, he absolutely has. I mean, when, when we all learned that Tag was moving on to chase his NFL kicking dream, I, I know there was a collective, oh, wow, and to be honest, Harrison stepped in and did an absolutely outstanding job. But then when he went down and Waka had to step up, it, it, it only got better. He was, I mean, there was no level of let off with him at all. It only excited and was able to just make the offense work even more. And there was really nowhere more, not much more of an example than this weekend against Rooney. It was just the conditions were going to be absolute trash. We knew it wasn't going to be a flamboyant game full of flair. It was going to be exactly what it turned out to be. Yeah. Pick and go, pick and go, forwards driving, grinding out the meters, and then pop out to the backs. And there's Waka with these absolutely clinical, beautiful grubber kicks that could not be any more scripted if, if, if you know, Shakespeare had written them. Yeah. <laughs> They were amazing, and 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 it was just it, it, it was a beautiful thing to watch. Absolutely, um, we had some polls uh, on the Twitter and Facebook supporters group. So what that was about is I was asking, with the move coming to Veterans Memorial Stadium in Quincy, Mass, what should the nickname of the stadium be? So I wanted to give those poll results here real quick before we jump into rapid reaction. Twitter had uh, four total votes. Um, Fort Quincy was two. The vet got two as well. Okay. So it was a 50-50 split on that. The Facebook supporters group was not nearly as close. We had 43 total votes for, from the time that I looked at this, which was Monday. Uh, Fort Quincy got uh, 33. The vet got six. Free Jack mm -hmm. Stadium got two. Fort Vet got one. And Fort Free Jacks got one. So it seems like um, the overwhelming winner here is Fort Quincy. I like it. I'll be honest. I went. I went with the vet. Yeah. Uh, but I. I. I like it. And again, anything that's getting people thinking about the team and just this this new stadium direction that we're going in, I, it's 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 going to be awesome. Whatever we end up deciding, we're going to call our new home. It nothing but positive. I can't. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to seeing the place. Me too, man. It's really exciting. You know, I talked to Mags in the phone interview. I mentioned that in the last episode, and he was just so fired up about it. 
So, I mean, it, it got me excited too, you know? So, um, yeah, I can't wait to see it. I uh, can't wait to see everybody there at the, uh, the new stadium that we're going to have there in Quincy. Um, so rapid reaction here. My observation for this was after round 16 results, NOLA was the only team to, uh, to move. Um, actually, I think NOLA and Toronto moved up. But the thing is that NOLA is now in second place in the mm -hmm. Eastern Conference. Uh, so they're in the playoff spot right now. They're on even points with New Jersey, but they have a higher overall point differential at plus 18. So that's why they're above them right now. Right. So I'm going to talk about the scores just to save time here, guys. Um, so Seattle was 21 and San Diego was 34. Our game was 6-22 to 22 with the Free Jacks winning over New Jersey. 28, D.C., Toronto, 34. And the game of the week in most people's eyes, and people are calling this the upset of the year, if not the upset of the entire history of the league. NOLA surprisingly beat L.A. 21-20. to 20 at LA. So, you know, we've seen LA be a little bit fragile on the road, but mm -hmm. for Nola to go into LA's house and beat them there, that was incredible. And, you know, I woke, I didn't watch that game at all. I woke up and checked the score that next day yep. and was completely shocked and a little bit sad because, you know, with us beating New Jersey, we were hoping, and if you looked at the schedule, you're going to be like, okay, LA is probably going to beat Nola and that's going to give us a better position to try to make our way into the playoffs. But unfortunately, yeah. Nola just – I think Dan Power called it a miracle uh, for them to win that game at the end the way that they did. Okay. I know it, it, everybody had been caught off guard by that. It was, it was exactly the same like when L.A. traveled to New York. Yeah. I'm sure no one saw that coming. But yeah. for like you said, for someone to travel into L.A.'s house yeah. and do it to them and just to trace back and to see L.A. just – plow through the beginning of the season until they got to New York. And it, it was just, it again, very surprising. Mm -hmm. But it, again, we'll see how everything shakes out. I mean, you play the matches for a reason. You can't just go, oh, well, this team is definitely going to win this. It's, it, it, it's like everybody said, like, one of the things I saw was that everybody, you know, New England stuns New York. No, <laughs> New England beat New York. It shouldn't really have come as a surprise because it, it was our house. Yeah, the conditions were yuck. I'm sure no one really expected that. But it, we, when you have a game plan and you're able to go after it better than the other side, that's that. That's why you play the games. That's why you play the 80 minutes and don't just rely on pundits or stats. It's yeah, that's it. You had mentioned um, how messy the conditions were for our game. Um, mm -hmm. so that was a uh, New Jersey at New England guys. At the beginning of that game, uh, if you guys recall, it was 0-0 into the 33rd minute. Walker was dancing and trying to get some game line busting runs. Um, at the 27 minute uh, mark, he did do that, but a knock on plagued the advancement. So, there were, I mean, you know, if it's going to risk, if, it, if it's a rainy game, you're expecting a lot of forward play. There's going to be knock ons, there's going to be more scrums than normal. And that's exactly what we had there. Halftime score, guys, was 5 to 0. Um, the only reason that we had really scored that, I don't know if you recall this, I watched the highlights and I could not believe this. So there's a, there's a boneheaded moment where New Jersey does a quick line out and throws it directly to our player. Right. Uh, which right, was Harry right, Barlow. Harry Barlow. Yeah. I, no idea. I, that's something that I would do because like when I played rugby, I wasn't in the best condition. 
So my mind would always go like with fatigue, you know, you like, you start losing, like you're, you're like, your middle capacity is on the field is really, really bad. So that's something that I would have done. I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to throw this in. And then you throw it directly to the other team. But I, you know, I was baffled by that. So what happened was, is we got the, the ball. Um, and um, so there was an amazing combination of John Poland to Waka to Fife, who sacrificed his body for a slap pass. He absolutely got annihilated. And he, he passed that ball to Wilson who somehow was able to get the ball down for a try. So we drew first blood before halftime, five to zero. What was your thoughts there at halftime? It, again, it was like you were just saying, my son and I were still sitting in the stands and we had thought that maybe we had missed a whistle and maybe New York was just messing around and, oh, hey, I'm just going to throw this into you because you're standing there. But no, when Harry just got the ball and he ran with it and then we had a phase and we, everybody was just kind of looking around and, oh, no, this is this is still play. He really just took the quick line out right to our guy. So, and then, yeah, no, like you said, I mean, the next, I think it was maybe two phases before it was that slap that just Dougie just gave up his rib cage to move the ball along. Mm -hmm. And thankfully enough, Mitch just gathered it up and dotted it down. I wasn't exactly sure what the ref was going to the AR for, whether I, maybe they thought it might've been knocked on before, but I was, I was really happy to see it because we had, we had earned every bit of that try. Absolutely. I thought based on first initial reaction that um, the ball was going to be held up in the end goal area because you saw in that tackle, um, Rooney was lifting up Mitch, so I would, mm -hmm. I would, I thought for sure that he didn't get it down, but apparently he did. So you know, good on him for doing that. He's kind of a, a, a smaller guy, so in tackles he must, you know, have practiced making sure to try to get himself to the ground because oh, sure. you, know, you hold the guy up, especially if he's a lighter guy. You want to hold the guy up so he doesn't get to the ground, and eventually mm -hmm. it's a turnover. Um, and in the end goal area, you know, you can hold him up and then fall down, and then it's a, it's a. Um, um, held up situation. So, all right. Um, let's see here. Controversial try at the 62nd minute. Waka kicks through <laughs> New Jersey's this defensive line. This is the first, uh, the, the first of two that he does this. New Jersey appears to put a hand on the ball in the uh, in goal area, but the referee never saw it and awards uh, New England with Harrison Boyle a try. Um, we get we got away with that one, Ted. I actually did see the grounding by New Jersey first. And then we got it, and I'm like, the referee didn't see that happen, so I guess he's just awarded a try. I looked over at Ross Perlon, who was beside me in the game. I was like, did you see that too? And he's like, yeah, but the referee didn't, so that's all that matters. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, after seeing it in the stadium was one thing and feeling that we got away with it. And then yeah. as soon as the highlights were up, that was really the first thing I went to go see. And I'm sitting there, and I'm pausing it, and I'm going frame by frame <laughs> by frame. And you, you think – you would see the way that he was diving after the ball, that if he had made contact with it, that it would have nudged the ball back towards mm -hmm. knocking it out of goal. Right. But you don't see that motion. And I think maybe that's what the referee might have gone with, was that he, if, if he had contacted the ball, you think it would have moved in a direction, and it really didn't. And then that's just what got Harrison to pounce on it and get the five. Right. Um, controversial. Go ahead. Sorry. I'll take it, though. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. So the moment of the game for me happened after that. So it came down to a one-possession game at the 68th minute where New Jersey was able to get a successful penalty kick to bring the score to 12-6. to six. 
From there, the moment of the game for me was a New Jersey knock-on inside their 22 leads to another Waka kick-through. This time it is aimed at Harry Barton, a.k.a. Harry Barlow, uh, crossfield, who ran it down and scored a great try, which brought the, ca- the crowd into an absolute frenzy because we, we knew that we absolutely needed that try. Um, yep. This is the type of rugby that you would expect from a team that doesn't have much to lose. And Coach Ryan Martin, um, he's willing to take these high-risk, high-reward approaches. Um, we needed a bonus point victory. Apparently, the commentators were not aware of that because they seemed puzzled in the highlights that I watched that the Jacks were continuing to pay- play beyond the 80th minute. At the 82nd minute, New Jersey lazily tossed the ball up into the air in a half-assed offload that created a turnover that eventually led to Samu Samu Vaudre, a galloping uh, try to score a bonus point win for the Jacks. Yep. So overall, what were your thoughts of the match? I think it, it's, it's like you said, the high-risk, high-reward, considering the conditions it was – it, it's one of those things where you don't take the chances, but you seize the opportunities. Mm-hmm. Conditions be damned when, and on that, the third try, the next, the next walk of grubber that ended up going to Barlow in the corner, New York had been pressing the game, but not pushing through. Mm-hmm. And it had happened for a couple of phases where they didn't press through, they made it too. And I think once they had made that push Waka recognized it pushed it through the gap and that just enabled Barlow to take off and dot it down and it was it was beautifully timed it was all about the patience and again seizing that opportunity but not being reckless about it sure but then again no like you said with time running down and everybody wondering you know we have possession why aren't we just booting it out because we wanted the bonus point we needed the other try and Thankfully enough, it was just, you know, lack of discipline on New York's part to cough up the ball. And then, yeah, I mean, having Johnson grab it out of the air uh, and then tap it on to Wakana Bow. And yes, and I'm hoping I'm not I'm not going to butcher it either. The Samu Samu race <laughs> try was just it, it 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 was awesome. It was it was yeah. perfect. Hands to hands to hands. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. outstanding. It was unbelievable scenes there at the end. Ross Perlon, Marcelo, and myself embraced and jumped up and down in circles for the last try to beat our bitter, bitter rivals in those conditions after the heartbreak of last week against NOLA to take the series lead against the Dirt Packers. It was a special one to close out Fort Union Point as well. That's something to be said there. Uh, last game at Fort Union Point. As a reminder, New Jersey is our little brother. Uh, we have the overall series lead against them. They have never led the overall series lead. And Scott, the big guy, Ferrara, will have to be wearing one of our beautiful Free Jacks kits in the future due to that win. So that's always very exciting to have our rival wearing our kit. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we move on to MVP of the game. So I went back and forth on this. Um, I wanted to give it to a couple different guys. But then I saw the stats that the league put out about Waka and what he did. So let me just give you a rundown of what these stats were and why I'm choosing voting Waka again for the second week in a row. Um, five carries, 90 meters carried, nine tackle breaks, two line breaks, and two try assists. And those grubber kicks were what those try assists were, guys, and they were beautiful. Again, it's high risk, high reward type of rugby that he was playing. And he's just playing out of his skull right now. 
Um, mm -hmm. You know, that he's taken that 10 jersey and, and held on to it and just shown why he should be our 10 going forward for the rest of the season. Who was your MVP of the game? I think I know who it is because I always joke around with you. Uh, you're a scrum half through and through, so go ahead and make your picks up. No, team. I will honestly, as 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 great as JP played, I I couldn't agree with you and the league more. It had to be Waka. Wow, breaking years taking the ten. Yeah, and look at what a fly half is supposed to do. And as the leader on the field, he in that position really makes everybody around him better. He gives everybody more of a chance to score, and he he allows the back line to be creative to let Dougie come blasting in to go ahead and fill a space to it. it he helps create the opportunities mm -hmm. and have someone that is so has so much of that vision decision capability to him. It's, it's awesome. And he absolutely deserves the MVP. I agree. 1000%. I'm shocked that you picked him, but uh, yeah, it's well-deserved for sure. Um, it's only one off a of nine, 10, nine. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Uh, they're close there. Um, so musket size pants tent. I always do this every single week. My girlfriend was horrified. Uh, she didn't know that I'd, I've done this every single week. And she was like, what is that? So I was explaining. It's just like a player that you really enjoy watching on the other team. Um, so for me, that week is Will Leonard. He's an absolute beast. The 25-year-old Irishman is six foot two and weighs 230 pounds. Um, I think he plays at 12. And uh, anytime he's around the ball, you're just like, geez, look how big he is. He, it's, he's scary. And he's also a very good defensive workforce for them as well. So, all right. No, I agree. I'm moving into the preview here. We're, you know, trying to move a little bit faster for time here, guys. Um, preview. So the uh, Toronto Arrows will be hosting our free decks down in Atlanta. They're currently sitting with the second worst record in the Eastern Conference with 30 points. The Arrows have won five games and lost 10, including a close loss against our Free Jacks at Fort Union Point on May the 29th, 12 to 14. Based on proximity, this should be a rivalry game, but I don't really feel like it is, especially with this COVID year, with Toronto being in Atlanta. Toronto lost so many players in the international test, but that did not stop them from beating D.C. in round 16. What do you think about Toronto, Ted? Toronto, I think, having come out of last year's COVID season on riding on top. I mean, I think I believe believe when everything got shut down, uh, we had gotten to they were at four and one. And can you stand by one? Yeah. Are you good? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Brett, what'd you need? Sorry. That's okay. Will do. Can you give me two minutes? Yeah, go ahead. Crap. Sorry. I will be. You can walk with me, but I will be right back. Okay. I definitely owe you a beer for this one when we make it to Quincy. That's all right. We're here.
Thank you very much, you too. <laughs> hey, Gil, how are you? Good, thanks. Someday these people will remember to bring their keys to work. <laughs> Radiology is all set for it. All right, so I'm not sure if we'll cut that out and then like splash it back in. If not, you know, there's nothing really happened there that like needs to be cut out per se. So we'll just continue on here, guys, with um, your Toronto preview. Go ahead. Just think of where they left off from last season. I know they had high expectations. I know everybody that was writing about them had high expectations. But again, I think that whole displacement thing and I'm, I'm sure they probably expected to be playing a little bit closer to home like maybe us or New York would have reached out to say hey why don't you come hang out with us but then end up choosing to make Atlanta their home it was it was an interesting choice and I just don't know if how much of that might have contributed to what's been going on but you look at it, and I was kind of checking out their season trend, and besides the amazing end of April that they had where they put up 100-plus points on both the Seawolves, between the Seawolves and Rooney combined, okay. after that, they just didn't weren't able to put anything together besides a really kind of ugly losing streak at the end of May and all of June. So it's been probably not the season that they expected to have, but I mean, they, they put, put a surprising win together here and there. And I think it's going to be probably much more of a dogfight than we're expecting for us this weekend. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how things, how things play out. I believe they chose Atlanta and I, I don't know this for sure, but I'm just kind of guessing um, because of the cost of living is probably cheaper than the Northeast you know, for like rent and stuff like that. That's probably why they chose the Atlanta area uh, would be my guess. But yeah, yeah, it, it sucks for them. You know, they've been outside of their their homes the entire season due to COVID. Um, 
you kind of feel for them a little bit. I mean, obviously they're an Eastern Conference rival, so you don't want them to do well per se because that means that we may be doing as well when we play them. But um, yeah, it, it's a, it's a it's kind of a sad story with COVID. But um, this week I want to beat them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna oh, I'm gonna like let that be a, a charity thing that I want us to lose to them because they've had a tough year because of COVID. I want us to go down there and kick their ass. And yeah. based on my prediction, I think we're going to do that. But they are a dangerous team. I mean, they've lost a lot of players due to international call-ups. The Brian yeah. Ray interview that's going to be uh, after this, guys, he talks about it. He talks about how good um, they are still with all of their internationals that have left the team uh, for these, these couple weeks here. So go ahead with your key to the game. What do you think the key to the game, the game is against uh, Toronto? For us, it's going to be the idea that while it might be near the end of the season, that it, it's still to play the full 80 minutes like we are in the playoffs. We need to treat this like this is our playoffs. Math aside and everybody considering bonus points and what if this team loses and what if this team wins, it doesn't matter. We should be playing like we're going to the playoffs anyway. Uh, we have the personnel to do it. Okay. And it, it's just we really need to just dictate the pace. And again, like we played in the just miserable elements this past weekend, is just seize the opportunities. Don't 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 do anything risky. Keep ball in hand. Keep the ball moving, and just don't give Toronto a chance to put us on the back foot. That's that that's going to be key. Is keep 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 going forward. Perfect. Um, my key to the game is. More high risk, high reward rugby. Let Waka loose. You know, let it get him. You know, off of his leash. Just let him do what he wants to. I mean, ultimately, you know, you're you're talking about you know possibilities with the playoffs, and we we you know play like we're not in contention. You know, uh, because that helped us win against New Jersey, where it's like more relaxed. You know, we don't have to be so stiff. Let's just see what happens. Let's try to put as many points on points on the board at the end of the season here as possible. And let's just go have fun and play rugby and, and let the results speak for themselves. Because when you're playing with that less pressure, there's, there's, there's also, you know, the possibility that it's going to blow up in your face, right. Where uh, you might lose by 50, but there's also the possibility where you're going to create some great rugby and win a game. And that's hoping that what, what, what happens this week. So high risk, high reward rugby and let Waka just have fun out there and, and do what he does and create chances for other players. I like it. Score prediction is the final thing here on the Outrider segments. Uh, I will go first here real quick. And this is just, you know, a pure guess. You know, we're not experts per se. We're just fans of the Free Jacks, so we always pick the Free Jacks to win. Uh, we haven't had a single time where we've picked against the Free Jacks. So my score here is Toronto 17, Free Jacks 31. I'm hoping they run wild in Atlanta, in hot Atlanta. What about you? I was, uh, let's see, I would say third, uh, Free Jacks, 35. Okay. Toronto, 21. Okay. So we're both predicting a win, as usual, here on the Jacks Rangers show. Yes. This has, been, this has been an interesting one. You know, Dave's on vacation. I uh, didn't know what to expect, but uh, Dave, uh, you know, Ted Black is here, and he's put in a great uh, little shift here as the, uh, the co-host. I appreciate your time, Ted. It's been a fantastic one. I thank you, Phil. I absolutely love doing this. And I'll be honest, though, I can't wait to have Dave back. <laughs> but I'm, 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 I'm around if you need me. But Appreciate Dave, it. come back and please don't leave again. <laughs> so, guys, yeah, make sure you watch the game. Uh, I think it is on uh, Sunday at noon. And, um, yeah, 
make sure to check out the social media posts. So we'll have those out there for everybody. And uh, go free, Jacks. Huzzah. Let's ride, baby. Huzzah. All right, guys, tell us how we did. You know, we had our substitute, Ted Black. Well, I just want to thank Ted very much for, for jumping in there and being a substitute for the great big brain Diamond Dave, the outrider, the original outrider, who will be joining us in about, I think, two weeks uh, from now. We'll have Chris Lind, friend of the show, um, on next week as the substitute for Dave. Very thankful to have Ted Black on there. Love his insight. Great rugby mind. I mean, you know, it's very clear that he is a coach for Cape Cod. You know, he's got a great analytical mind for rugby, and that's exactly what we want to have in that co-host chair, if you will, in the Outriders segment. Moving right along here, guys, did want to you know, give thank you out once again to Brian Ray, who was our guest coming up here in the special guest segment. Super fan of uh, Toronto Arrows and a great rugby mind himself, Brian Ray is he is also the owner and operator of america's rugbynews.com so check out the website for all of your mlr and usa canada rugby news was a pleasure to chat with him and uh, hopefully we'll have him on in the future maybe next year when we're playing toronto again we'll we'll have um brian ray on again i I would very much appreciate uh, if he was to join us again in the future really enjoyed our conversation here i'll let i'll get you right, right into it right now here on the jacks rangers show huzzah Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I've got a very special guest with us, Brian Ray from America's Rugby News, also a frequent guest on the Rugby Wrap-Up. Brian, how the hell are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right for a crazy Tuesday. Yeah. Plug your social media and your website. Go ahead and do that for us. Well, you can find us uh, pretty easily, americasrugbynews.com. And if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at RaysRugby, R-A-Y-S, Rugby. Very nice. Where are you from? I'm originally from Toronto in Canada. Very nice. And now you're in Halifax? Is that now right? I'm in Halifax, yeah, so a little bit uh, closer to New England. You're one hour ahead of us, is that right? Uh, yeah, I'm on Atlantic time. Yeah, it's cool. Wow, wow. You're, you're calling in from the future. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, so let's see here. What is your origin story with rugby? How did you find rugby? Oh, wow. Uh, well, I, I, I was actually just kind of walking out of high school uh, one day at the end of classes and I guess the uh, practice was starting up for the guys team in the spring and one of the guys just grabbed me and said hey we're going to rugby practice you want to go and I said sure and uh, that was it and I was hooked and uh, yeah played five years in high school and then university and then club uh, did some coaching I was a referee senior referee for oh a decade or so anyways and I've been writing about rugby for 20 Close to about 25 years now, I guess. Wow, that's incredible. So you must be really excited that MLR exists now. Yeah, it's really the greatest thing ever, and it's just a shame it wasn't around 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what can you do? Um, what, where does your passion for the Toronto Arrows come from? Well, they're the only Canadian team. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I know. I mean, I grew up in Toronto. I'm from Toronto. So, you know, I, again, I, I just wish they were around when I was – uh, younger to go and check them out uh, you know it was just the club scene back then we had kind of this some super league teams back in the day when that existed but uh, no we always uh, needed a professional side so I'm just excited that there is actually one uh, for Canadian players to aspire to now so that's pretty much it. Any insight about a second franchise in Canada? Uh, I mean I've been banging the drum to get Vancouver for a while but uh you know it, it's it's expensive I mean it, it's it's not like you can just snap your fingers and make it happen you know 
we were really hopeful that they were going to have it kind of back in 2018. There was actually an announcement, so on, but it just didn't come through. Uh, there's been other talk along the way of various other, you know, groups trying to put their money in, but nobody's just stepped up to the plate yet with the dollar. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's just a matter of time. I'm, I'm sure eventually somewhere in Canada we'll have another one. I would think that Vancouver would be MLR's number one preferred spot. So, uh, you know, fingers crossed one day it happens. One day, hopefully. Yeah. All right. So what type of brand does uh, brand of rugby does Toronto play at this point in the season? What kind of brand of rugby? Um, I mean, uh, they're, uh, they, they, they're pretty heavy on their backs moves. They're, uh, they're attack. You see this year, they don't have the biggest forwards this season. They really aren't smashing people. They had, you know, some big guys last year, Paul Cellini, uh, Tyler Rowland was pretty beefy, but they lost a lot of weight action in the offseason. So they're just not a big bulky side anymore. So they really kind of use uh, their systems and they use uh, a lot of backline moves. You'll see, you know, Sammy Malcolm just came back from Japan. Uh, they got uh, Joaquin Tucolet, the Argentinian, Manuel Montero, and other, the two Pumas who are really deadly attackers. So they use those guys really effectively. So I think that's uh, what you'll see if the uh, weather cooperates this weekend. Gotcha. Uh, what do the Arrows do well at this point in the season as a team and what do they need to improve on? Well, we're at the end of the season, so there's not much time left to improve on stuff, I would say. Um, no, I, a lot of it has to do with uh, confidence. And, uh, you know, these guys are pretty worn down. I mean, it's pretty hard to spend an entire season on the road. Uh, you know, that was the big question heading in. Uh, were they going to be able to, to cope with that? I mean, that's a, a crazy stretch to think about, you know, four months straight, uh, constant road trip, living out of a hotel. Um, so, you know, it's just about getting motivated and getting confidence is really what, what they've got to uh, deal with uh, heading into this weekend. As far as what they do well, well, just like I said, their backs are, are, are deadly. You know, if you give them any space, it's going to be problems. Um, you know, if you're talking about the Free Jacks, they got some pretty good ones themselves. So I think uh, that's going to be uh, an exciting contest. Uh, again, their forwards aren't necessarily uh, the most dominant or, or anything at the moment. But, uh, you know, I would say the, the same probably. They're probably a very similar side of the Free Jacks, actually. Neither side have a particularly big pack, so it should be a pretty even contest. Very nice. And even though we're getting closer to the end of the season, there's always room for improvement. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see here. What else we got for you? Um, the Arrows have lost a lot of players due to international call-ups. What player do the free should, what players do the free jacks need to be aware of um, going into this game? What you know the fans may not know everybody that plays on the arrows. Who is their danger man now that all these players are gone? Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's got to be one of those outside backs. Uh, I guess I'll single out Sammy Malcolm since he just came back, and then fans maybe haven't had a chance. Uh, you know, if they're new this season, they definitely haven't had a chance to see him yet. He was a star last year. Uh, two years ago, their first season, he was their number 10. Uh, last year, he moved to fullback uh, and did it uh, really uh, – he, he fit in really well at that position. That's where I suspect he'll be playing. He played uh, this past weekend. That's where I suspect he played this coming weekend. You know, he's small, but he's he's very quick, runs really smart lines, and he's nicknamed Sammy the Boot because uh, he's a ridiculously accurate goal kicker. So uh, – but, but then he, he wasn't kicking last week, and it was Taylor Adams. So, uh, you know, they kind of spoiled for choice in that department. But he's definitely a guy to watch. Gotcha. Who has the best hair on the arrows? We both are follically challenged. <laughs> the best hair on the arrows. Man, that's a good question. I'm going to have to um, – I'm just going to have to pull this out. You know, normally I would have said, like, Andrew Quatrin, but he's away with the Canada side, so you won't be able to see that this weekend. 
uh, there's not really anybody with with really wild hair at the moment. So maybe that's kind of disappointing. Now, maybe Manuel Montero, the Argentine, the big winger, he's hard to miss. He's got kind of flowing locks a bit. Uh, they're not overly crazy right now, but they are kind of signature South American style. Yeah, very nice. I love that. The mullets are, are fantastic in MLR. It makes me very jealous. I wish I could go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. What teams or teams do you dislike in MLR and why? What teams do I dislike in MLR or why? I don't really dislike any teams. I'm so happy. that I mean, if you're going to pick one, the Giltinis, yeah. because they got a terrible name and, you know, they're the show ponies and all that. But I don't really dislike them necessarily. I just not a fan of the brand and, and all that. Uh, you know, I, I was tempted to say New York because that's uh, Matt McCarthy's team. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll go with the Giltinis. Perfect answer. I, I dislike both of those teams. So, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Now, there's a lot of talk, well, not a lot of talk, but some people will say because we're regionally kind of close, New England and Toronto, is this a rivalry game in your opinion? Do you see it as a rivalry? Obviously, because of COVID, they're playing in Atlanta, so it's it takes away some of that. But are we rivals? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think the Boston and Toronto kind of have a long history of sporting, uh, you know, uh, competition back and forth. And remember, the very first uh, New England Free Jacks game was played in Halifax right. against the Ontario Arrows, which yeah. the Toronto Arrows before they were renamed. So there's uh, quite a history between the two clubs. So yeah, I would call it a rivalry game. So uh, we like to call it the Kings of the North game. So whoever wins is, is Don King of the North. Okay, we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> um, let's see what else we got here. What is your key to the game for Toronto against the Free Jacks? What do you think they need to do to win? Yeah, it's just about, uh, you know, they've got some guys who kind of joined the team late this season. You know, they, when they lost, you know, all their internationals, they brought in some guys. So getting those guys to gel a little bit more with the with the system uh, and just having that confidence to go out and and, and kind of play. Uh, at this point, there's no pressure on. They broke their, uh, their losing streak this past weekend. So the pressure is all off. It's just go out and have fun. So I'm hoping they can just relax and, and fit into that style and play some exciting rugby. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people would look at Toronto and say, well, they've lost so many players to the international call-ups, but that didn't stop them from beating uh, D.C. in the previous game. So, I mean, who knows? Yeah, you got to remember, there's still a lot of internationals on the team. I mean, Montero and Tukule were, you know, superstar Pumas at their very best. Uh, that's nothing to shake a stick at. I mean, they're playing against the best teams in the world on a regular basis. And there's still lots of Canadian internationals, Rob Brower, uh, Paul Cellini's out there. Uh, Thomas De La Vega, I forgot him, another Pumas flag who's uh, outstanding. So, uh, you know, Andrew Ferguson, uh, Canadian scrum half, had a blinder against Old Glory. So uh, there's still lots of talent. Gi Giuseppe Toi, the inside center, the captain right now, Canadian international. So uh, there's still uh, plenty of danger out there uh, to be aware of. Yeah, so, I mean, Toronto is definitely still a dangerous team that the Free Jacks should not take lightly. And this is an away game. They're playing it in Atlanta. So uh, the Free Jacks will have to travel down there as well. What is your score prediction of the game? Score prediction. Well, I mean, I'm a bit of a homer, so I have to pick the arrows. Uh, we'll say uh, I think it'll be an entertaining game. So I'll say like 27-24 arrows. So I think it'll be something similar. I haven't looked at the, the weather forecast, but if it's like what we saw uh, this past week, and I think the score will be similar to what we saw in that old glory game. So a pretty close one either way. All right. Very cool, Mr. Ray. We're going to have uh, just one word association here and then we'll get you out of here. So Atlanta, Georgia, what do you, what do you think about Atlanta? First word that comes to mind. First word that comes to mind when I think about Atlanta. Uh, Killer Mike. 
<laughs> is that two? That's two words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. He's one of my favorite rappers, so we'll go with him. This is a fun one. Uh, Matt McCarthy of Rugby Wrap Up. What do I think of? Yeah. <laughs> Shiny <laughs> Dome. <laughs> Poutine. Ah, oh, cheese curds, man. Okay. Okay. What do you think about Mags, the CEO of the Free Jacks? Alex Magleby. Uh, for some reason, I always picture him walking around with snowshoes on out in the forest. <laughs> I don't know why. Drinking maple syrup. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, the outdoorsy fella. What about Free Jacks? Free Jacks. Well, I mean, you got that fantastic logo. I mean, that's you wear it on your hat. That's yeah. uh, you know, the, the the shining light leading the way. Just uh, you know, it, it fits it. It's perfect. All right. Final thing here. Guiltinis. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Gross. <laughs> Does that work? I appreciate your time very much. That was awesome. Hopefully we'll have you again on at some point in the future. Yeah. Anytime. Looking forward to this weekend. Hope people uh, enjoy the game. Once again, a big thank you to Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. And of course, he is a frequent guest on the Rugby Wrap-Up with Matt McCarthy. Thank you so much, Brian, for taking the time here to break down the Free Jacks game against Toronto in Atlanta, Georgia, this coming Sunday at noon. Well, that about wraps her up, guys. I will leave you with our American Revolutionary War history. On this day in American Revolutionary War history, the Continental Congress adapted the Olive Branch Petition. So this was pre-war, guys, 1775. The petition appealed directly to King George III and expressed hope for reconciliation between the colonies and Great Britain. And one more time, I'm going to quote the great American badass, John Paul Jones, because it seems like it's good luck. His quote here, one of the best of all time, I have not yet begun to fight. So with that, guys, let's go free jacks, whoop the arrows ass, arrows down, arrows down, guys. Woo! Huzzah! Go Free Jacks, beat the arrows. We'll see you next week on the 18th at the new stadium, Fort Quincy at Veterans Memorial Stadium. Y'all have a good week. 